Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. I've known Brent. I know that he does this amazing stuff. Did you guys know this at all about him? Any of you guys? So I was at the, it was like a few months ago. I was at the chiropractor and I had these like really bad headaches for like a week. So I'm like, oh, I'll probably just go to the chiropractor. Any of you guys ever go to a chiropractor? And I was like, oh, I'll just get like, you know, my headaches will go away. So I'm sitting in like, the, and then like, so Tom Becker, anybody know who Tom Becker is? He goes to this church. He's this like the best chiropractor ever. He like cracks your back. Then he sends you to this room where you sit on this like really awesome chair that just like has these rollers and it just like massages your spine really hard. So like your back goes into place or something like that. So I'm in there and, you know, and then Brent walks in. I'm like, oh no. And Brent comes in and I'm like, hey man, we're like talking and I'm like, I'm like, what are you in for? And he's like, yeah, man, I was like doing this jump like a year ago and I broke both my wrists. Then you break both your wrists. Yeah, both and like, arms and wrists at the same time. It wasn't yeah, his arms and his wrists. And he's like, yeah, I just come in here like once a, every two weeks to get checked. What are you in here for? And I'm like, I get headaches sometimes. <laughs> felt like the biggest wuss of all time. I never even told you that. I'm like, how do I get out of here faster? I'm like trying to come up with a story. And I'm like, I got nothing. I get headaches. So anyways. I just wanted to tell I, that I story. I do remember seeing you there, man. It was awesome, too. Dude. Awesome worship, too, man. That's awesome. So, uh, That's good. So, yeah, so the theme is, you can take a seat. We're probably going to chill out here and just going to hang out next to this dirt sickle. This dirt sickle, this dirt scoot. And, um, oh, man, this is kind of weird, though, because then I can't see you guys over here. So can you elaborate on exactly what took place? Because this theme is like, let's break something. So, of course, we've got to start with the story of yeah. your, yeah, is that probably like the, like 16th bone, uh, six dislocations, and few uh, concussions. few concussions. So, what happened, what happened when you broke both of your wrists and arms at the same time? I just uh, backsided a landing. Um, didn't have enough speed, laying on the backside, and just kind of flipped over, walked off the... Uh, the course and realize what happened. You just got up, walked off. Dang, my arms, they both yeah, are broken. Well, uh, <laughs> Shoot. The one guy. Hey, that, when that happens. Yeah, I mean, it kind of did. I mean, the adrenaline kind of kicked in, but yeah, I mean, right away I noticed they weren't lined up right, so I knew something was wrong. Um, but like, praise God, like that day I had a hole in my chest, like on my sweatshirt that the bar caught. So it's like, Something missed there that it just, like, there's so many times that I realized could have been a lot worse than they were. Um, even that that doesn't look too nice and sound good, like you break both arms, but it could have been way worse, so. That's awesome. <laughs> so what kind of things are difficult with two broken arms? just about everything i mean no like i seriously it was cool because i stayed at home for like the first week and then i had to be back at my house like i love my parents but just uh to relax play video games watch tv really kind of got old too but so you were able to play video games yes ah so thankful for that (laughs) i had these air casts that just like slid off so like i could take baths and stuff i didn't stink you know so um, That's a bonus. So uh, blessed with technology, how it was like, I think the BOA technology where it just like slides off. It's not hard cast. Mm. So it's pretty cool. 
I don't think too many people in here really know well, too much yeah, about. I like, know. I'm sorry. I mean, I never really knew a lot of medical stuff until I started breaking bones. <laughs> so I know a lot now, kind of. Oh man, that's more awesome. than I want to. Okay, so where are you from? You already said this, but where are you from? Ah, uh, Myerstown, Pennsylvania. Who's here? Who here is from Myerstown? Oh, awesome! Whoop, whoop, whoop. Nice. So you guys know where it's at. A lot of times I come up here, and a lot of people don't realize where it's at. So you can just like, in once it gets warmer, the next couple of weeks. You can just drive around Myerstown listening for the sound of a two-stroke, and then you can just show up and be like, hey, there he goes. Whoa! Yeah, it's a quiet town, so you'll probably hear it. <laughs> yeah. I've been down there um, one time and just hung out there for the day, and you just show up, and there's just a eight-foot-high takeoff ramp and, what, like a 15-foot lander? Yeah, about like 14 to 16. It, it fluctuates with the rain. Sometimes it gets packed in. Fluctuates but, yeah. with the rain, you know? See, this is a lot, it's real technical. You didn't know that about dirt biking, did you? Technicalities. You should be on Sports Center. <laughs> anyway, um, what is your favorite food? Favorite food? Um, wow. Lately, <laughs> sushi. Like, I really uh, like sushi a lot. Um, but there is, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I like food a lot, so it's hard to say. <laughs> so, did you have, um, did, Going to Japan have anything to do with you liking sushi? Um, well, no. Tell us about I, Japan yeah. a little bit. Well, I liked sushi a lot before that, but going over there, like seeing how um, authentic the food is. Why did you so go there? Uh, to ride for about five weeks. Every day we rode at a theme park. That's where one the of the pictures was. The picture yeah, Marigold. <laughs> yeah, no, it was the Ferris wheel, right? Yeah. Ferris wheel, right? Ferris wheel. Yeah, I mean the same Marigold. Yeah, right on. So they just, like, some, like, Hershey Park, Japan, called you and said, hey, we want you to jump your dirt bike over our Ferris wheel. Uh, pretty much. Well, the Ferris wheel was back. It was up a hill. So, yeah. But I mean, I, the yeah. way the picture looks, it just looks cool because yeah. it looks Heck, like we're yeah, jumping it over it. But, uh, I would yeah, tell people um, I jumped right over that Ferris wheel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was exactly like pretty much like Hershey Park, Knobles, um, but in Japan. So it was really cool to just see it and experience it. I mean, it's hard to say because – I've been to Canada and, like, other countries, like, well, Canada. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I want to say, like, it sounds, but. Yes. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, like, going to Japan was, like, way different because, like, no one really speaks English. And it was just a culture shock in a way. But it's so awesome at the same time. Like, you got to, like, you, the people are just amazing. So it's just a cool experience. So what was the weirdest food you had in Japan? Um, probably, like, one. Uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but it looked like a cookie, but it tasted like a kidney bean. So it, it was really deceiving, Dang and it. I didn't appreciate it. I was thinking it was something sweet, but yeah. I didn't appreciate it. I wouldn't have appreciated it either. How much more of a nice guy can you get than Brent saying, this person gave me a, a cookie, but it turned out tasting like a kidney bean, well, the and the guy covered in tattoos just goes, I really don't appreciate that. <laughs> What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, like, the bad thing was I picked out myself. Mm. Like, there was no one even there to, like, I just saw it and realized, there but, yeah. Right on. So tell me a little bit about, you guys want to know anything about his tattoos? Yeah. Do, do any of you have tattoos? Johnny does. Nice. Yeah. Jess does. Jolene does. Yeah. I should have known that. <laughs> so what was your first tattoo? 
Uh, up here, I have the Hart Huntington logo. It's called the Four Bars. I did a freestyle show for them. Um, one of the original like freestyle riders that did a backflip. He now owns tattoo shops and like has a motocross team. And he's married to Pink. Yeah, he's married to Pink. So we did a grand opening with no Pink and Carrie Hart there. No big deal. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the first one. I wanted them for years, but couldn't figure out what I wanted. And when I went there, we got free tattoos, so it was like the perfect opportunity to just get the ball rolling. So that's this this crew right here. Uh, no, actually, oh, the same place. year I did that, I did a show. One of my good friends, like, won X Games, Mad Mike Jones. He actually set me up with this company out in Pittsburgh called In the Blood Tattoo, and that's who I've been riding for for the past couple of years now. Um, they're actually a rad shop. They even have, like, a Bible study out of their basement every Tuesday night, a men's group called Broken Bones. Um, but <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yes. But it's honestly just so genuine, so true, like, that really kind of got me turned on to, like, being in the world and still sharing the gospel without, like, almost, like, covert, I guess you want to say. Like, where you could just be yourself. And, like, the first time I met him, I didn't even know he was Christian. And then we were down in Florida, me and Mike, and he's like, you should go to this dude up here in Pittsburgh. Check him out. And one thing led to another, and just he really shared the gospel. It was awesome. That's crazy. Awesome. Okay, so... Give me some highlights. What do you got over there? Um, I got uh, Psalms 34 by my wrist. Just through some times I was going through, I just I loved how David really, uh, just the whole story in Psalms 34, if you guys get a chance to read it, um, it's just awesome. I mean, so I got Romans 8, 28, all things work, or, all things work together for the good that those who love the Lord. Um, it's just some stuff I need, like, on me, like when I'm about to ride, just to remember, kind of. That's why I did it. Um, I'm about to do something that could kill me. Let me look at this. Oh yeah, everything's gonna be just fine. Well, it's, gonna, right. <laughs> it's gonna be glorious either way. I mean, I either make it or I end up in heaven. So you get the come boat. on. Like you can't lose. <laughs> amen. I don't know. Yes, and amen. That's great. So tell me about your knuckle tattoos. Um, yeah, I got raise hell and lawless. The raise hell I got for. It stands for destroy, like the way it's spelled, R-A-Z-E. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, lawless, it just was a bunch of stuff I went through. Trying to keep, like, the Ten Commandments, I realized, dude, it's not even possible, like, without Jesus. And it's not, like, this total, like, rebellious thing, like, it comes across as. But I got a Cairo, like, right in the middle of it, showing you need Jesus to get through it. So, dude, straight up. Bro's got raised hell on his knuckles. Well, the other thing, too, I thought it looked kind of cool when I'm sitting on the bike and got it right across. Heck, yeah. Pictures, stuff yeah. like that. Don't mess. Yeah. And then they come over, and you're like, I really wouldn't appreciate it if you gave me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start so, for him. you're awesome. Um, so, I'm just, I'm getting sucked in a little bit. I should refocus. Um, yeah. Anyway, so like, okay, in the in the freestyle community, so this is called freestyle motocross, yeah. technically. FMX is another term that's commonly used. Yeah. And so, like, in this community, like, what is the basic gist of like the culture, or how are people? What do you tend to see, like, going from show to show? What are the guys like that you hang out with? Uh, it really varies. I mean, you get a lot of guys, especially now, 
it's not so much the party scene it used to be, but now guys are taking more serious, more like, um, I don't want to say like complete straight edge, but just really focusing on it because of the technical tricks and everything. But uh, when I first started, it was just uh, just crazy. Um, they used to call us Motley Crew on dirt bikes. Like, it was pretty wild. Um, just, like, the crews that we rolled with and everything, it was just, like, you get your friends and um, you kind of stick together doing shows like that. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff, but um, one, what's that? Well, I mean, just, like, partying to... I mean, it's nothing to, like, go out, party all night, and get on your bike the next day and ride. I mean, that's just what we were accustomed to. And, um, like, I knew, like, the lifestyle I was living, just, I couldn't last long doing that. So, like, around 2010, I kind of made it, in my, like, I really wanted to switch around then. And, like, I really thought I needed to pull away from riding just because the lifestyle was really draining on me. Um, just from, like, drinking to whatever, like, you kind of just fall into a lot of stuff. And... You know, like, afterwards, like, around that time, I didn't know who I was in Christ. Basically, it comes down to I needed to know my identity. And, like, recently, just finding that really, like, shined some light on everything because it was just gnarly, like, going to shows thinking, is this all I'm going to become? Like, I didn't want to just focus on dirt bikes and that's it. You know what I mean? I knew there was more, but being there... um, not a lot of people know that, so you get really pulled in quickly. Um, I, and what really kind of kept me, like, coming here was, like, if people I was with on the road saw what we, t- like, I don't want to say take for granted here, but saw this culture, would they be acting the way I am when I'm with them? You know what I mean? So it really, to me, was like a culture shock in that sense that I needed to do something. And what really kind of messed me up around, like, 2010, 2011 was stuff just wasn't working out relationship-wise. Like I said, I was partying. Um, so, like, pretty much, like, I didn't feel, like, I knew I was supposed to be in that field of, like, riding. But on the same sense, like, a lot of bad things were happening. I was getting hurt a lot. And it really kind of questioned, like, people were questioning me, which really messed my confidence up to know, like, if I should be there. To, like, now, like, recently, especially over the last year, just really got, like, God really got a hold of me to help me realize, like, what I'm doing is the right way, and, like, having him involved, like, just to turn to him totally, and, like, having him back you, like, knowing he's for you and not against you, no matter what you do, really was what I needed to understand, and, like, meeting you guys in the furnace and everything, like, really helped, like, I guess my testimony in a way, like, it just really gave me a foundation to stand on, so when I'm out on the road, I could Stand on that. Yeah, so, like, start back a little further. Like, how did you even get involved? Or, like, what got you started into this whole deal? Uh, pretty much my brother. Like, growing up with him, like, he always, him and his friends always rode. Um, I was the younger one, so I was stuck, was stuck at home, like, um, probably, like, fourth, fifth grade. Like, so he had the money to go out and buy a dirt bike, so I always wanted to. So then when I finally was able to, I just went all out trying to impress them and everything. Like, being the younger brother, so. Yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> and was it, like, right into tricks and stuff, or did you? No. Um, back then, it was just Supercross. So the people were doing tricks were, like, winning races. But it was crazy, because around that time, while he was out riding, I'd be at home with a Walkman on, watching Supercross races, daydreaming. 
not realizing what I was doing was like spiritual and like God set this passion in me like back then. But, and it's crazy because Mad Mike, the guy I traveled with a lot, was on that circuit racing those races I was watching at the time. So it's wild that me and him are like best friends doing shows and, um. That is crazy. And he's I went to like born X again, Games in 1999. Yeah, 99. Yeah. Were you even born then? I'm not sure. But 1999 and this guy that he's like friends with and rolls around with all the time, he was like the dude of everything. Like him, Travis Pastrana, Mike Metzger, all these guys. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, they're amazing. And now he's like, yeah, Mad Mike, just call me. You want to come over and like we'll go up to this race? And, and I'm like, who called you? What's going on? Where are we going? I know, dude. Like, I seriously have to catch myself because I know it's not me. Like, I know it's God. Um, because the way I fell into all that stuff, it's just gnarly. Because it's like I always dreamed about having that position. But to see it, it, it really shows how much God cares for each and every one of us. Like, to, like, I'm no different than any of you guys. You know what I mean? And to see that fulfilled in my life, I know there's hope for every single person out there. And just... The opportunities he's given me, I, it's like a second lease kind of on everything, I guess, now that I see it that way. Yeah. So, like, being in, in like, the same like, – you know, not everybody that you roll with is in the same spot as you, I guess, with faith, right? Yeah. No, totally. Um, and, I mean, you still have a lot of dudes that party crazy and everything. Um, like, yeah, like I, I was hanging out with him. And one time we were like coming out of prayer and somebody's hitting him up and they're calling him and they're going, dude, how far away from your house is the liquor store, man? Like, come on. That was like his conversation. Like, dude, just chill. It'll be all right. You know, like, <laughs> so anyway, keep going. Yeah. Sorry. Um, well, and even like I was saying, like you get pulled into it, but what's cool is like, like I said, back in like 2010, 2011, I thought I had to pull away from it completely. And Dude, like, God's so good. Like, I can be around that now and not, I mean, you got to be careful, but I'm not as tempted as it was to, like, get wasted or do, you know what I mean? Like, I know there's a line now, and, like, it's just, I've realized how good God is that I don't want to, like, mess that communication and relationship up. Um, So it's easy to be around those people and just love on them, the bottom line. Dude, Um, that's what I'm talking about. And, I mean, I always, that's why it it was hard for me because I always did have love for him to, like, not separate the line, you know what I mean? So I, it was, like, you kind of got to be careful and be, like, really prayed up on. And, like, thankfully I had a praying mother, so that really helped me out. I remember, like, when I was younger, being wasted. She didn't know I was wasted. I don't think she did. But then again, they're always smarter. I wake up, she's praying over tongues on me, and I'm like, what is going on here? She like, was doing what? Praying over tongues. Like, yeah. just, I mean, praying in tongues over me. Like, yeah, yeah. Before I woke up, and, like, I remember hearing it, but I was, like, just out of it. And, I mean, that's the type of spiritual, like, connection she had to, like, because she didn't even want me riding, neither did my dad. Um, But just knowing to let me go in God's hands, basically, and just do what I was called to do gave her, like, all right, go ahead and do this. But it it was a struggle kind of, too, like, my parents not seeing eye to eye, like, trying to make money and doing it that way, like that. First time... um well, the way I kind of got connected with Brent for the first time was his mom coming up to me at church, and I had, like, shared a, a story because I had just gotten um, prayer and, like, had a testimony of healing from accidents that I had when I was racing motocross. And she comes up to me afterwards and is like, you race dirt bikes? You have to meet my son. She's like, you love Jesus and you love dirt bikes? You have to meet my son. So then, anyway, 
I ended up meeting Brent, but anyway. Um, so something really key that Brent said that I want to, like, spend some time on and just talk about a little bit with you guys is, like, the whole let's break something theme. Like, tonight, um, really talking about the breaking, like, this kind of idea that your friends or people that you know and, and see every day, like, that they are kind of, like, out of bounds or, like, you're kind of hands-off for, for the truth or they can't really get to God or you can't really share the, the gospel with them. You can't really share about your love for God with them because they just won't get it. You know, and, like, something um, that I think is so awesome about Brent being in the middle of, like, this total crazy scene of freestyle motocross where, like, dudes are, are wild, like, just totally wild and come out of that background of, like, yeah, we're just going to drink a full bottle of whiskey, stay up all night long, and then go jump a 250-pound motorcycle 100 feet in the air and do tricks. And we'll be sober someday. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you're going to do what when you're that intoxicated? I don't think that's a good idea, man. And, like, getting past the place of, like, like he was just saying, like, even before when he would kind of fall into, like, this place of, like, I want to be with you, and I'm going to just, oh, I folded, and I kind of went out with them and went and partied and did all this stuff that I didn't really want to do because you love them, and, like, they were your friends. Like, who else relates to that? Like, you you've, have friends, and you know that they're doing stuff that you don't want to do, but they're your friends. So you end up getting roped into it with them because you don't want them to be alone, and, like, sure, like, it's temptation, and you're like, oh, like, well... It would be kind of cool if we went to this girl's house right now and got drunk. No, your whole spirit is going, no, don't go, don't go. But then, like, but you're like, but they're my friends. And crossing that line, like he's talking about, of like, well, no, I don't have to do any of that stuff with them, and I can still love them. And I remember back, like, in high school when I was 17, right after coming back to, like, walking with God. And, you know, it was like a season where I'd, like, totally disconnected, kind of like what you were talking about of, like, I have to get out of this whole scene of motocross and stuff. It's just destroying my life. I can't live like this. It's not who I want to be. It's not everything for me. Um, but then, and, like, so I was kind of, like, there where I was, like, in with all these guys and friends and everything. And they were, like, all these cool guys and influential guys and, you know, like, people that you know at school. Like, these cool kids who are the, whatever, quarterback on the football team, the star field hockey player, whatever. But they're all going out and partying on Friday and Saturday night. And you're like, well, I really want to have influence in their life, so maybe I'll go with them. And then you end up screwing up and falling into the same things they're doing. So, like, I totally had to detach myself from that 100%. And, like, after getting kind of secure, like Brent was saying, in who I was in God, I started going to all those same parties. Never went alone. Went with friends who were also Christians. And it wasn't like, you know, like, I don't know. I wasn't doing it against my parents' will or anything like that. They were just like, whatever, just go do whatever. And... But we would show up, and people would be hammered, and we would have the best conversations about God. Like, like just break down, people crying, talking to people about stuff, praying for people, and all kinds of crazy stuff would happen. But it was like the strength of, of knowing who I was in God that totally made that possible. And that, that love that you have for, for, for your friends is real. And it like, like we were talking about earlier in worship, love breaks all kinds of boundaries, Love breaks all kinds of fences. Love breaks all kinds of, like, ideas in your mind that, like, that person can't be, can't be saved. Or that person, I can't reach that person. Or the fear of, like, reaching out to that person is too great. Like, I can't do it. 
You know, there's guys like, I mean, some of you guys go to Camp Hill. You know the guys I'm talking about in your school. You absolutely know who I'm talking about. Some of you guys go to other schools. Some of you guys are in different situations where you, you have friends or family members. Maybe it's your older brother. Like, I had an older brother that totally pulled me into drugs, alcohol, pornography, sex. Like, literally sat me down in front of a computer when I was 12 years old, gave me a bottle of Bacardi 151 and put on pornography. That's what he did. Hey, bro, check this out. What the heck is going on? I love my brother. I wanted to be with him. We, we did crazy, stupid stuff together, like retarded. And it was like only like I got so sucked into that out of my relationship of love for him. And like being totally deceived, thinking like, well, if I love him, I better be with him and do what he's doing. But no, like the reality is if I love him, I better show him the truth. If I love him, I better lead him to, to like the truth. I better show him life. I better show him good stuff. I didn't have that then, so I got sucked in. You guys have it. You guys have the answer. For the friends that you're thinking of right now, people that you think, there's no way that that guy will ever serve Jesus. There's no way that that girl will ever be pure. There's no way that this and this and that. that. Does love not conquer all sin? Does it not? Like, are you thinking of anybody personally? His love is so much more than enough. So much, like, it's just your, your personal testimony. Like, this is a good way to think about it. Like, you, you just go like, wait a second. God's love was enough for me. So absolutely it's enough for them. Your sin and your shame and, like, the things that he pulled you out of is no different than theirs. Just because, what, they're like the the cool jock kid whose parents are crazy and wild and they just think that getting smashed is totally fine and they like buy beer for the whole team to come over and have a party like so there's no chance for them i don't think so they need one friend to tell them the truth they need one friend to be there for them and really love them right so well like being real too like that's what i noticed um and i know it was kind of brief on like back a couple years ago but that's what I was trying to get at. Like, I didn't have a secure church. I listened to a lot of stuff, like podcasts, different stuff. But once I started getting, like, a foundation of, like, church and, like, uh, like friendship and brotherhood, like, family-type stuff like that. Um, not, I mean, my family's good at home, but I'm just saying, like, almost like accountability. Um, it really opened my eyes up. But, um, you know, like, before, like, there was shows I go to with dudes um, – that were just outrageously, like, gnarly. Like, just total partiers, total, like, dudes that just, for whatever reason, if they didn't like you, they'd let you know it. And I had a favor with them. And, like, I'd stay at their house all the time, and, like, I'd party with them. But the thing that really showed me was, like, when I was me, like, myself, and, like, I wouldn't do what they necessarily wanted to do, they respected me more than, like, when I bowed down. And not bow, but you know what I mean? Like, when I went and did whatever they did, it made me feel, like, garbage basically and question my faith when in reality like i feel like god just supernaturally when you do what's right he'll cover you when you're doing what's wrong anyway but when you do what's right there's something supernatural there that he'll really perform that you don't have to and even though you don't think like you're making an impression you really do totally um like for instance one time like we were about to go to a strip club up in canada we were riding doing shows and like Actually, at the time, I was with somebody, so I just was like, 
I don't need to. You know what I mean? And I knew it was wrong anyway. But I went to another bar, and a couple minutes later, this dude that went there came back and was like, it was lame anyway. You know, and, like, instead of being, like, get over here or whatever, they came back within two minutes. But if I would have went with them, we would have probably stayed there all night. And it, I know it's probably, like, a dumb example, but I'm just telling you, like, dude, I mean, it really showed me back then. That was even before I started really messing up on the road, too. But it was, like, it showed me the power of making the right decision when it counts. And, like, those are the people, like, that need it the most are the people that you think are untouchable. Like, they're really not. They're looking for an answer. Yeah. And that's what I saw and kind of learned from. Come on. That's so cool. Like, what I feel like what happened there is, like, so so relatable to each one of us. Okay? Like, he was in a situation where there was, like, a clear right and wrong decision. You know, like, no, I ain't doing that. And not only did it, like, um, not only was it, like, good for for him, like, not only did you make the right decision, you know, if this was you, but you create, like, a doorway for people to follow you through into righteousness, into truth. And so, like, every time you stand up to, like, somebody at school who's like, dude, come on, it'll be so awesome. Like, it could be your close friend, you know. It could be somebody that really looks up to you and you don't know it. They're like, just, come on, man, we should go to this party, we should do this. And you'd be like, no, man, I'm not going there. And they'd be like, oh, man, you're such a buzzkill, whatever, whatever you want to say. Like, you're such a jerk, whatever. And, then, like, you find out that, like, that weekend comes or whatever, and they show up at your house like, dude, you're right. That party was lame anyway. And let's just hang out. Like, you literally open up doors for people to follow you through when you choose truth and when you choose, like, to follow God. So it's really simple. Well, yeah, and, I mean, big or small decisions, like, that particular person was with a crew that I would have done anything just to be part of. Now um, I've done tons of shows with that crew, and the dude's one of my best friends. But, you know what I mean? It took that, like, uh, it's just crazy how God will protect you and have your back. Even when you think, well, man, I should be doing this because of peer pressure. Like, that's not true. And it's like, that was pure evidence even before I started messing up even. So it, I realized early along that way that I knew when you make the right decision, how even greater God can come on the scene. So um, since you, like, started kind of really, like, bringing your faith into your, your like, whole life with writing and everything. Like, what are a couple things that have happened? Like, things that you've experienced with praying for guys that are, like, oh, yeah. riding well, and stuff? I mean, me personally, all throughout my life, I got healed a bunch of times. Like, I mean, broken bones healed within nine days to, like, I broke my back. And when I broke my back, when I went to the hospital originally, um, they told me if I crashed again, I'd never ride or I'd be paralyzed and whatever. I sat there praying in tongues, and this was like one of the first years I was doing freestyle. Um, I just missed the landing completely and just, I don't know, broke my back. Um, but I was sitting there, and um, it was just crazy because I'm sitting there by myself. My friends are out partying, imagine that, and I'm in the hotel room, or I mean the hotel room, the hospital, um, by myself, so I'm just praying, which I didn't mind. I was like, I'd rather be praying in tongues anyway. Um, by the time I got home, that was in Florida. By the time I got home, they lost the x-rays. I had to get re-x-rayed, and it was just a compression fracture. But they showed me the picture of how it was, like, broken apart. Like, I saw, like, the piece, you know what I mean? So, like, Dude. I physically saw that. But even then, though, like, it's crazy because you read Bible stories, and you're like, these guys, like, why wouldn't they just follow God? Like, but then I live it out, like, different scenarios in my life. And I'm still messing up. 
And I'm like, dude, like, just get it. You know what I mean? Because there's so many times I've had so many miraculous healings, and I'm still, like, messing up and stuff. And it's like, it just really, like, got me to the point where I really had to get the condemnation mindset out and not be so focused on sin and just focused on Christ. Um, but you were saying about that other thing. Yeah, when we were in Japan, one of my buddies just came back from a crazy accident, went over to Japan while we were practicing, ends up crashing the first day we were jumping, and he, like, ripped the tip of his finger off. And we didn't know about it at the time. Like, I mean, we saw it, but we couldn't really tell. It was, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be gross or nothing, but you're sitting there, um, and you're still, like, having to go ride. I mean, you're in those situations where it's like, all right, but you're trying to pray for this dude. or Like, I mean, I'm not used to just going out praying. Like, I've watched this dude do it, and, I mean, he's just an awesome dude. And I'm like, I want to be like that. You know what I mean? Like, I've, you know, but we're over there, and I knew no one else was going to do it. I'm, like, praying softly, like, in tongues, like, you know, whatever, like, trying to. So I finally went up to him. I was like, do you want me to pray? Because he was, like, into shock. And, I mean, it's funny now, knowing that he's okay. But even, like, when the ambulance came up, dude, it was, like, so loud. And it's a small little van. I mean, he was, like. What is this? Like, I don't even want to go on that. Japan size. Yeah, Japan size. Seriously. I don't understand it, but their insects are huge, but their vehicles are small. Like, literally, dude, they got spiders, like, that big. Um, oh, my God. But either way, we realized it actually ripped off once he got to the hospital, and it was in his glove. Um, so they took it there, and it was completely, like, they couldn't even do anything about it. And, I'm, like I said, I'm not trying to be gross, but it's just crazy how this all worked because he ends up taking it home. He puts it in the refrigerator while we're there. And like, to keep it frozen, I don't, I mean, it was just, oh, it was kind of crazy, but I mean, do they eat raw stuff anyway? So we just kept it up in the freezer back. Um, so like, then he gets on an airplane, keeps on ice in a cup and takes it home. And like, I was just like simple praying, but kind of nervous. Cause I wasn't used to just being bold, I guess you could say. So I'm like, man, I really just prayed for his peace and just hopefully he gets healed, you know? Um, and it didn't look good. They, the doctors over there said they couldn't reattach it. He gets home, and he ended up not getting it reattached. I met, oh, yeah, I had to meet up with him this fall then, like two months later. He has a full fingertip and everything. And, and it wasn't me, dude, because, I mean, it was literally like, dude, it, if you would have heard the prayer, you would have been like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it literally was like, but, you know what I mean? But the way God worked, and, I mean, but it was just, it was so cool, like, how it worked and like i didn't even tell a lot of people that because it just like slipped my mind it wasn't something like oh dude check this out like it just was like whatever you know but it ripped off but like and he didn't even try to get it reattached he wanted to but he's freaking out the hospital actually wanted to get him home they didn't want to deal with him because he was just like i mean you're over in another country so it was a mess but um yeah, so he didn't even get it attached. He just put it to his finger. Like, there's no way that the nail would have came back, the bone or anything like that. So it was definitely God. I don't care what the doctors say or anything. Even the doctor told him it was a miracle, too. But, I mean, it was like one of those things where just awesome how God come works. Come on. Dude's finger grew back from a pathetic prayer. Yeah. How good, how good is God? Seriously. Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. <laughs> if you guys would have heard the prayer, that's like the best. <laughs> so this is this is the deal. Like it's it's so awesome. Like that story kind of says it all. Like 
just the general, the general like will of God. You have an idea what that could be? Like the most basic, like if you were going to live the rest of your life as a Christian with like one rule or like a mantra, not a rule, but like one motto, what would it be? What did Jesus say all the commandments hang on? Love God, right? All of the commandments hang on, the, hang on these things. Love God. What's, and he said the second is like it. What did he say? Love your neighbor as yourself. Boom. Right? So like at the very basic, very, the most simple level, like, like you just heard about, Brent. Like, okay, like I don't know how to pray for a finger to grow back. I love this guy. I'm just going to do whatever I can. I'm just going to pray, and God's going to hear my heart, and then let God be God, you know? So, like, at the very basic level of, of like, re- relating this to your life and, re- and relating, like, somebody like Brent who's, like, in a totally crazy culture and, like, has all kinds of experiences that we know nothing about, surviving large Japanese monster insects. That's probably where Godzilla came from. That's where the idea originated. Yeah, I really think so. And, like, the video games and stuff, like, where you see all... Now I see, like, being there, it's like, dude, I... Nah. <laughs> but, like, these are some verses that I just wrote down that talk about this. Like, First John 4, um, 7 and 8 says, Anyone who loves is a child of God. Simple enough, right? Anyone who loves. Can you love people? God loved you. God loves you, right? It says in the Bible, so that this is how we know we, like, that we can love God because he loved us first, right? So when you enter into this nature of God to be a lover, like, it's like so much power is, is available in that. It actually says that this is how your love gets made perfect is by loving one another. So anyone who loves is a child of God. 4.12 says, um, no one has seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. Dude, that's the kind of stuff that makes fingers grow back. His love in full expression. Seriously, that's the kind of stuff that we experienced in worship where every chain can, has to be broken, that nothing, literally nothing can stand in the presence of his, his love in full expression. Come on, that's why Brent's bones got healed in nine days where he went in and like got an x-ray and then just a little bit after that, the x-ray was totally different. It was God's love like totally coming through him. Totally, yeah. If I can just add something too. Do it. Like the other thing too, like especially with extreme sports, a lot of people look at us and think like you're fearless or something. And there's a lot of stuff like where when I started getting like anxiety and stuff even, like you think it doesn't exist or if you have it, you're like, wow, I might not be doing something right or, like, fear or something like that. And, like, we just don't let it control us. And that's the bottom line. Like, when you see that stuff pop up ever, um, just realize where it comes from. It's alive from the enemy. So I just want to add that. Like, that's good. That's, that keeps it simple, right? So keeping it simple, what are you going to do? What's the general, what's the most general, most basic thing you could do? Love God. What comes after that? What was the second thing? Love others. That's right. 
That's how what? Love, God's love comes in full expression through you. Oh my gosh. Have you ever seen a tsunami? I go to Assateague Island with Airborne Youth Ministry, and there's like three and a half foot waves, and I still get wrecked. A tsunami, dude? Are you kidding? I would come out in little pieces. I would come out looking like sand. Seriously. A tsunami of God's love. Full expression. Can you even imagine? And then you think about some of these friends that I'm talking about, some of these family members that I'm talking about, some of these guys that might have popped into your head, these girls on your sports team or whatever, and you go like, wait a second. Heck yes, God's love is enough to break through for them. Heck yes, God's love is way more than enough to set them free from the things that bind them. Heck yes, God's love is more than enough to get me over my fear of reaching out to them in love. Does that mean you have to get all preachy and wear a Jesus t-shirt to school, Mark Leach? Thank you, Jesus, right? Oh my gosh. Like, why? I remember every single day coming into school and having the kid in the pickup truck. I mean, God bless him, but just like worshiping in his truck and like, yeah, God, whoa, wearing the Jesus shirt every day. And you're like, bro, come on. Just love people. They're not looking at your T-shirt when you're loving them. They're experiencing the full expression of God's love. Okay? That's what's available to us. That's what we have access to. That's what our inheritance is because of Jesus. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.